This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. gentlemen welcome back to the player three podcast my name is blake and i am your host and i'm with here with my co-hosts jared and tad sick boy sick boys indeed we're all sick boys it is a sick time to be alive coronavirus is taking over half the earth oh yeah this could be the last player three podcast this could could be be. we're all gonna die of the coronavirus just so you know the podcast one more time before we die though yeah, there's yeah. probably more it, it rising news on the death. Oh, bed. there's almost definitely more rising. See, we will all die, but rising will still live. It, oh yeah, will still. It live will keep on rising. Seven nanometer will <laughs> continue the podcast. Seven nanometer. Oh, who's, who's the guy you're friends with? He shows back up. He he runs up. Oh, Bryson? Bryson? Yeah, Bryson. Yeah, no, Bryson. Yeah, comes we'll back get in. Bryson come back in and single handedly do the player three podcast. Exactly. Yeah. No, he do he does sock puppets for each of us and yeah, into the other right. mics. Right. <laughs> It's it it's like we advertise it as still being the three of us, but <laughs> yeah. it's just Bryson. The future um, the player in parentheses three, three? podcast. <laughs> the player quotes three podcast. Um ladies and gentlemen, we've got a nice healthy amount of news for you. So what we're gonna go ahead and do is we're gonna start with the news. And who'd like to start us off? I'll I'll start. Jared, Pretty go short. ahead and kick us off. Um Sorry, we're all snacking right now. Um, so, what I have in the news is not much. Really, nothing's happening in the console world right now, except maybe Nintendo. That's about it. You know, me and my Nintendo fanboy um, thing that goes on. Uh, new Smash character came out finally. That was pretty cool. Um, they're bad. They are. They're fun for free for all, but competitively, they are not viable whatsoever. And it's kind of funny because I paid six dollars and all the other characters were cool, but this one's bad. It's kind of funny. Um, also, um, Nintendo recently announced that Animal Crossing Switch was pretty cool. So um, it's like a little cool bundle, and they're gonna get like a nice sea foam and baby blue Joy-Con, which are kind of cool looking. Is that the Switch Pro? Nope. Oh, yeah. Including in that, um, Nintendo also made an announcement saying there is no new Nintendo Switch model coming out in 2020. So uh, no Switch Pro, and I that want sucks. a Switch Pro. I think we deserve one because when well, PS5 come out, what would a Switch Pro be? Just a higher performance Switch? I think so. Um, I think be. it de- almost definitely would have 4K. Okay. There's um, been rumors about it, and they even rumored yeah. about it at the same time of the Switch Lite. They did. And the Switch Lite happened. I think they're gonna. It's probably going like to a happen. metal. Chassis. They're probably trying to like. That'd be cool. Like it's it's in the works, but they don't want to generate the hype yet because they don't know what it's going to be yeah, yet. They, so if you generate the hype, so for they're AK, just lying to us. So they're lying. They did. They did lie and say like, oh yeah, there's no Switch model. Switch Lite came out. That yep. happened last year. Yep. So I mean, it's a business trend. I, I get you. I just hope we do get a, a a bigger one because when you a better one because if you get you know. PlayStation Four, PlayStation Five games are kind of you know they're barely working on the Switch right now, yep. so you got to get the good stuff, or you're gonna fall behind. Yep, definitely. Wii U too, and that's it. That's pretty much All it for right. the console news. I I can't wait for the Nintendo Switch U, which I really hope is unibody. Um, I the detachable Joy Cons I really like, but I think for a Switch Pro, the reason you're getting it Pro 
isn't you, you know you don't need the party game part of it right you probably already have a normal switch so you, so you yeah. want it to be unibody i want it to be unibody i um, I, I still want it light. to be detachable um from the dock mm-hmm. but sort of like a big switch light you know yeah i can agree with that that's that's sort of yeah. what i want like a switch light that you can dock don't they have a like um alienware come out with like a switch basically yeah, yeah so, alienware's thing yeah so alienware came out with a new thing that uh it's it's a full Windows 10 operating system yeah. though, with like a keyboard you can add to it and stuff like that. It's literally a desktop, but it also has a Switch style unibody to it that uh, you can use for gaming. So it's kind of like a competitor to the Nvidia Shield, if if anyone yeah, remembers I remember that. that. I remember the Shield. I still want uh, like the original Shield that had the flip up screen. I will pay like a lot of that money cool. for that. I want one right Ladies now. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a Nvidia Shield, email us player three podcast at gmail dot com. Are we gonna set that up? Sure, why not? I'll set it up, yeah. Okay. Uh, and and uh, make we'll sure see. to also follow us on Instagram, at Player3Podcast. We did a little little uh, trivia, not trivia, uh, a poll. Yeah, That's the word yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah. We did a poll about our top five um, classic FPS that I don't think a lot of people participated in. But that's because not all of you are following us on Instagram. So follow us on Instagram. Yep, Player 3 Podcast. Please. And if you are, you can ignore that message. Yep. But yeah, so anyway, yeah, the new Alienware thing, that's kind of a competitor to the NVIDIA Shield, except it's really, really good, and it looks like it's actually not going to be a stupid price, which is weird, because anything with the Alienware it's logo on Alienware. it... Alienware. Yeah, it gets, oh, it's yeah. like Apple. It's just... It's not as bad as Apple, Your but it's Alienware just crazy tag. expensive. Here's the so. thing, though. Like, Sorry if we're going off topic a little bit, but like, the Alienware thing, I just feel like... Just get a PC, though. Like... I don't know. I feel like Nintendo has their own land for here, but like if I want to play uh, good, you know. So you probably wouldn't buy an Nvidia Shield either, would you? No, I would. I mean, it's cool, but yeah, I would just, just get a thing. console. You know, if I want uh-huh. to play console games, I'll just buy a PC. Like, yeah, I totally PC. understand yeah. that. I'm very much a PCMR kind of guy, though. I want to run everything off my PC. Okay. And now that I have a good PC with a graphics card that can handle that, it's something that actually interests me. Twenty eighty. Oh, I totally understand the why not just get a console thing because a standalone console does have benefits. Hot take. It certainly does. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Ladies and gentlemen, two of the three hosts of this podcast may be PCMR, but we still understand that consoles have their benefits. I have a Nintendo Switch. I don't use it a lot because I don't want to spend $60 to get you know a bunch of games that I already own, but I do use it and I do think it's a good thing, so... You know, ladies and gentlemen out in the audience, if you're PCMR, if you're console only, don't be. You know, gaming is for everyone. So let's just all game. You know what isn't for everyone, though? What is it? Rocket League. Uh oh. So Rocket Rocket League League? announced uh, on their Steam community page that uh, as we continue, this is a quote, as we continue to upgrade Rocket League with new technologies, it is no longer viable for us to maintain support for the Mac OS and Linux, Steam OS included, platforms. Rocket League multiplayer is no longer supported. For Linux and Mac OS. Mac OS, I'm, it doesn't bother me all that much, but Linux is a problem because Linux, Linux is... That is a problem. 
Yeah. I think they're both a problem. Well, they're definitely both a problem, but, but Mac isn't as big of a gaming uh, thing but, as Linux is, I don't think. So to kind of get a better picture of this, they said, quote, this update will disable online functionality such as in-game purchases for players on Mac OS and Linux, but offline features including local machines and split screen will still be accessible. Okay. If you purchase Rocket League for Mac or Linux on Steam, the game will still work with full functionality when installed and played on a computer running Windows 7 or newer. So if you bought it on Steam and you load your Steam up on a Windows 7 or newer PC, you can play Rocket League. Oh, so you okay. still have the game. Because of this, returns have been a nightmare. Uh, just like oh, Lenovo yeah. last week with their warranty department, the returns department, the support page for uh, the people who make Rocket League. I cannot remember the name off the top of my head for Welcome Rocket League. Welcome to the developer. Return 3 podcast. And. I thought it was Ryzen Podcast. Yeah, it's the Ryzen 3 Podcast. The Return Your Ryzen Podcast. Uh, so, yeah, right now there's a huge uproar about it. Um, and basically in March, you pretty much don't have Rocket League anymore because Rocket League is a very competitive game. It's with esports a lot. Yeah. What's Rocket League without online multiplayer? Car game. Have you right. ever played Rocket yeah, League locally? No. Why would I? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> why would you do that? Why would you play split screen Rocket League or local why, host okay, Rocket why would League? you Isn't play it? split screen in 2020? Yeah, it's 2020 and we're still playing split screen. Are you kidding me? Like, look, I get it. Local multiplayer is nice. And sometimes you want to sit around your console with your buddies playing a little bit of Halo 3. But that's on the Xbox 360. Not on the PC. Yeah, exactly. So I don't understand why they think this is a it's, this is an okay thing to do. Um, I get it. There are probably tech, technology limitations for what they're trying to set up uh, that only allow for them to be on Windows. But you still developed a game and sold it to these people. They still paid price for the game. And so it's just not okay to say, uh, yeah, no, it no longer works, even though there's no actual viable reason for that. Uh, what I would think you would do is make a Rocket League eSports edition or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. They haven't even given a reason other than it's no longer viable. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just surprised here because, like, I'm looking up, like, really? Mac and oh, yeah. Linux, but, yeah. like, Switch is somehow, like, still viable? Like, Switch, PS4, Xbox yeah, One. Exactly, which I'm so pretty sure Switch runs off of Linux. If I don't know for That's what's sure. weird. Like, I, I find it weird that Switch so, hasn't been dropped yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a huge Very thing. It's, it's definitely an issue as far as the people. But yeah. it's basically made the game unplayable. Do you guys Can you guys think of a single good reason for no. doing this to all the customers? Um, I think what it could be is there's a potential that, you know, each operating system is just slightly different. And they're just like, well, we'd rather, we want to just make all of our, you know, computer players just... Go to PC. Like, that'd make it so much easier for us. But I don't think it'd be, make that big of a difference to where they just I've, cut out Mac and Linux. It feels like this is just, you know, most of their install base is on PC. So, like, yeah. why would... They just don't want... They just are slowly killing it. Mm -hmm. Well, Mac gaming isn't necessarily a huge thing. Yeah, it's not huge, you know? but they're still paying customers. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, bet you, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lawsuit out of this. Are they um, making money, though? Because they say... They're in eSports. So they're making a lot of money. Why can't they're they... They're making plenty of money, yeah. So what? That's, that's weird. It's not viable. But the thing is, when you bought that, I believe you're insured to have a product that doesn't just... Yeah. I don't know. There's actually... Suck. You know what? I'm willing to bet that... 
there are no guarantees for it. And so, yeah, you're probably just SOL. Yeah, on, uh, that's what I would imagine. Because there are a lot of video games that, you know, you play. Um, you'll buy a video game and it'll be like, oh, yeah, this multiplayer doesn't work anymore. So like um, Star Wars Battlefront 2, yep. not the new one, but the original Star Wars Battlefront 2 um, that had multiplayer on PC uh, for a very long time. And the the developers, you know, sort of shut off that multiplayer. But why are you playing Star Wars Battlefront Two if you're not playing? Thank God they brought it back, the original back. Yeah. yeah. So, wait, this is this, you know, Stadia. Yeah, (laughs) Stadia. (laughs) Just shout the word Stadia into the mic. This is a Stadia situation. So, we're we're. We're still looking at what's going to happen there, but you're pretty much just screwed out of your Rocket League license. So that kind of sucks. Yeah, it's that, kind of a yeah. shame. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, but do we really expect more? Uh, so no. on the other topics for our news, uh, cash out is a new vulnerability for Intel processors. And uh, I definitely want to talk about this on the podcast because after going to the Intel website and showing exactly what was going on, uh, I think that the... Other news organizations have made a bit of a sensationalist headline out of this. So, um, basically, the simple way to explain what is happening is they're in a lab environment was a vulnerability found with most Intel CPUs that allowed the L1 cache to be read. And that would allow for even secure aspects of the L1 cache to be read. But... If you look at this, how Intel explains it is uh, on their website, Intel said, quote, unlike L1 terminal fault, which is another type of vulnerability, uh, L1D eviction sampling doesn't potentially allow a malicious attacker to select the physical address to probe. So let's say you have a classroom and you can see people walking in and out of it, but their faces are hooded you're essentially expecting someone to take that information of just people going in and out that you don't recognize and knowing which, which seat they sat in. Like that's, okay. that's really what you're looking for there. And so it's, it's quite a stretch to say that this is a huge leak. Uh, and basically PC world said cash out has never been used outside of a laboratory environment. So it hasn't even been implemented yet. Hmm. And it, as far as people being worried about their own personal computers, this is definitely targeted to more of like a cloud computing website that handles a lot of data through its caches, uh, and then you could find something there. But still, you're not going to get very much useful information about it. Um, so Flying Sausages on the uh, LTT forum said, another Intel vulnerability. What a name. In- <laughs> Thanks, Linus. <laughs> um, another Intel vulnerability in the first month of 2020. Glad AMD is not affected by this. I keep seeing more Intel vulnerabilities than AMD. Are there any security experts that work with Intel to produce secured processors? Uh, and so I think that that's, that's quite, that's that's quite the hot silly. take that we're um, really hammering Intel on this. I think this is just another... It's just because it's a developed you know, yeah, system. Yeah, Intel's easy yeah. to bully. There's AMD's no... AMD's going to have these problems yeah. too eventually. A couple years down that. the line. Yeah, there's no perfect system. And so I see a lot of people really really ragging on Intel. And don't get me wrong, I uh, part of the Ryzen 3 podcast is ragging <laughs> on Intel and talking about how much we love AMD at this point. But uh, there's no perfect system. And I think that these sensationalist headlines about more of a theoretical bug um, saying that we no longer have secure... Windows processors is quite a bit, so I just definitely wanted to address that. But um, you're 
not really able to see much with it. Intel has actually labeled it as a medium security threat, and so Intel's website has low, medium, high, and then medium extreme. rare or medium well. Yeah, uh, this is more of a medium rare. If I had to, if I had <laughs> oh, to put okay. a a temperature toward certainly it. not well done. A little bloody, definitely bloody. not well done. A so bloody. low is like. We'll put it out in the next patch. It'll be alongside it, but it's nothing really to worry about. Medium's kind like of like a, a nice rare steak. Medium's kind of a <laughs> we're gonna make a patch to put out, and we're going to go and edit some microcode. Uh, and then high is okay. Maybe you want to really look at where this is happening, and maybe that shut steak off. Steak might be burnt. Yeah, the uh, we might want to shut off some servers. And then extreme is like, don't turn on the computer. The steak is definitely burnt. The steak is definitely burnt. So, but no, we're at a very medium rare. Can we just we just let's just use meat analogies? Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Player Steak Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Here we use meat analogies. So yeah, that was definitely a well done um, sensationalist headline, and so we definitely wanted to address that. Uh, the, one of the other things uh, that we need to address is Intel may be a bad guy for this, but you know who's even worse? I'm just ragging on everyone. Who's Rocket the bad League, guy? Intel? Avast. Avast? Well, oh, that's no. no surprise. Avast. You, do you know what Avast is for? Yeah. It's a I security. Oh, it's, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, security. It's, it's security right for your... Now. You should get it yeah, off I don't there. know how it got... The, you know what the best part is? I don't even know how it got there. <laughs> Probably bloatware. Yeah, so, I, I'm like, what? Avast is supposed to be security software that keeps spyware from tracking you. And guess what? It's spyware? Furuku on the LTT forum said, So Avast antivirus suite, favorite free antivirus package of 400 million people, has been caught selling user browsing and other user data for advertisers and other... And other nefarious purposes. Really? This officially changes the status of Avast from antivirus suite supposed to protect us from spyware and malware to spyware. To the nasty things into spyware itself. Avast. So it's protecting you from other spyware by being spyware. Yeah, you don't really have to worry about other people spying on you when Avast is doing it. And so what's happened so far... Oh, and the other thing uh, Faruku said was that no, there's no such thing as a free lunch. And I think that's perfect here because oh, Avast is a free... Um, a free web extension that uh, is used to do security for you. So uh, Forbes.com said, quote, Avast, the, the multi-billion dollar Sheck security company, doesn't just make money from protecting its 400 million users' information. It also profits in part because of s the sales of users' web browsing habits and has been doing so since 2013. This has been going on for a while now. And uh, Mozilla and Opera have both removed their add-ons from the add-on stores because it doesn't protect their customers' uh, privacy. So That's good to hear. Yeah, Avast is working with Mozilla to get it back on the store. I think, first of all, just pat on the back to Mozilla and uh, Opera because they took and saw the risk for privacy and took it down. And That's not, one of the uh, big reasons why um, I just you know, people use Firefox hear that. and Opera. <laughs> Is because you know it does protect your privacy. So if they were gonna leave, if Mozilla, if I'm browsing on Firefox and I want to get a new add-on, ooh, Avast, let me throw the add-on there. And now I've essentially compromised all of the privacy I'm getting from using Firefox. Yep, and That's so awful. Mozilla yeah. and Opera are both great web browsers. I uh, thoroughly recommend either. So. VPN. Uh, 
the CEO of Avast says that there was no data traced back to a user individually, so there's no privacy breach here. There's no identifiable information alongside the data, so there's no individual privacy bre- breach. But the fact that they're selling your data anyway, that, that's a privacy that's a, breach. That's a yeah. problem, yeah. Because you're literally advertising your software to keep people from being able to track you, and you're literally tracking your customers. That's not okay. Who can we yeah. trust? So apparently the uh, plugin no records all browser data and then strips all identifiable aspects of it before sending it to the Avast server, which then, uh, which then they use to sell the information to people like investors who want to know how certain websites are doing and stuff like that. Oh, wow. That's mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. I don't like that at all. I don't like that at all. So, yeah, this service only makes up for 5% of Avast's total revenue at a little more than $20 million. Uh, and the 2019 profits were estimated at about $430 million. So dropping this this record and sell your data aspect is about 5% of the profit. So, you know, I just want to know, guys, what's your thoughts? Is it all right that it's unidentifiable? Does no. that make it okay? It does not. Uh, I think it's creepy. A vast showed up on my computer randomly, too, and that was annoying, so... So I don't like this. The way Avast gets on a lot of people's computers is this really aggressive freeware mm-hmm. kind of shareware style of when you install something and it installs alongside it. And when you sit here and install it on as many machines as possible and then it gets onto as many browsers as possible, then yeah, you do have a lot of information that's coming from there. And that's why you get $20 million worth of information a year. Ugh, wow. So that's a lot of control right there. It's, yeah, it's pretty uh, predatory. Um I guess it's really up to the individual how they feel about it. Personally, I'm a pretty pretty big fan of privacy. Uh, I think that uh, if we could get all computers using Tails and stuff like that, we would be in a better world. But until then, we're using Windows 10, getting spied on by Microsoft while complaining about being spied on by Avast. So. At least Microsoft, at least Bill Gates is cool, kind of. Bill Gates is kind of cool. Bill yeah. Gates is cool. Yeah, so like that, that yeah. fixes a lot of problems. Yeah, that, yeah. honestly, okay that makes it, it okay. <laughs> you know, the guys from Avast, they're not cool, so I don't want to be spied on by them. Yeah. But Bill Gates, Bill Gates that's can a jump pretty over a chair. rad guy. Yeah, have you seen the video of Bill Gates jumping over a chair? Yeah, Google it real yeah, quick. Yeah, look that up. Yep. And while Jared's looking that up, Ty, I have one more, one, one, one oh more little goodness. little tidbit here. So AMD just posted their earnings for last uh, last quarter and Ooh. last year, Ooh. and being part of the Ryzen podcast. Oh, here let's let's. <laughs> yeah, dude, isn't it awesome? He just jumps over the chair. Oh, you get the slow mo. Yeah, he just straight up. Why? Because he can jump over he chairs. Can. He's just interviewing. He's like, yeah, I can. That's my trick. Yeah. The, my they're like, trick. do you have any special abilities? Don't, don't get beaten by autoplay. <laughs> Depends on the size real, of the chair. Real. I thought uh, he was cool. Dude. Oh, my God. He's so cool. Like, when they said, do you, when he was in the interview and they said, do you have any special abilities? Instead of saying, I literally made MS-DOS and then, like, basically screwed over a company that had it and totally beamed them because they thought they could take advantage of me because I was young. No, he goes, no, I can, I can jump over chairs. So, so anyway, AMD has posted their earnings for last year and also last quarter. And I'm really pleased to say that AMD had a great quarter with earnings of 50% higher than the quarter beforehand. Nice. And debt was reduced by 50% as well compared to the last quarter. That's Good for AMD. Up 4% on earnings from the year before. So AMD has just had an 
excellent year, and I think it has to do with their new CEO. Uh, she's doing an excellent job, and uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy that AMD's doing so well, as we always are on the Ryzen Three podcast. How's Intel doing? <laughs> oh. We don't talk about Intel. We don't talk about Intel here. unless we're talking about vulnerabilities so, with Intel. Bad we don't word. Talk about them. No, I, do, I truly I truly want Intel to have some good news. I would love to come in here and talk about it. Intel is just really hitting them hard with AMD because I want the two to compete. That lowers prices for everyone. So hopefully we'll be uh we'll be talking about Intel in a good light relatively soon. Just hasn't happened so hopefully. far. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, this brings us into the next part of the podcast where we finally get to some PC gaming news courtesy of me. So, um <laughs> I like to talk about the company Wizards of the Coast. Uh, I've talked about them a lot. So we've noticed. They do D&D. What's D&D? Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> um, they also publish Magic the Gathering. Um, but they do a few other things, too. Wait, they do both? Yeah. Oh, wow. They are D&D oh, and Magic oh, the Gathering. Oh, they're making a lot of money. Ooh. Yeah, that's a lot of Didn't money. Didn't know that. Um, do you guys remember Knights of the Old Republic? Yes, KOTOR. KOTOR. Old game, uh, fantastic sci-fi RPG. Well... Wizards of the Coast just announced a story-driven RPG studio led by ex-Bioware vets, specifically the lead on KOTOR. Ooh, I like this. Bioware's so, dead. Isn't Bioware basically dead right now? Yay, bottom? Yeah! yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, the company is called Archetype Entertainment, um, and we don't know necessarily how many employees they have, but we know two of them. Um, James Olin and Chad Robertson. So they got a Chad on their team. They do have a Chad. Uh, nice. uh, both of those guys are previous Bioware um, employees, and Olin was the lead designer and creative director for Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate Two, Neverwinter Nights, Kotor, Dragon Age Origins, and Star Wars: The Old Republic, and contributed to Jade Empire and Mass Effect. He also worked a little bit um, on Anthem. So yeah, he's been a part of a lot, and. I named in there some fantastic and legendary games, you know? I mean, you know, KOTOR, Dragon Age Origins, Star Wars Old Republic, Baldur's Gate. These are some amazing... Big names. Yeah, big, big names in the RPG space. So, um, he's going to be their head of studio. And then, or the general manager, uh, is going to be, uh, you know, Robertson, right? So, he... Uh, he did a bit of stuff for Anthem, uh, and he worked on Star Wars: The Old Republic. You know, not as much, but still, definitely still a very big, him. big guy. Um, so it's a lot of story playing, a lot of role playing games. I'm very excited for this because uh, you, you know, ex Bioware employees, Bioware has made some of the best RPGs to date. You know, in my opinion, the two best companies that make RPGs are Bethesda. And Bioware. So, this is going to be pretty groovy. Yeah, it sounds great, actually. KOTOR, I hear... I mean, I've ever played KOTOR, but I hear so much about KOTOR. Oh, KOTOR is a classic. KOTOR is a classic. So, that's about all for that story. It's a nice little short story. Um, Continuing also, a few episodes ago, quite a while ago, back in Season 1, as we're calling it, um, I talked about a game called Half-Life Alex. Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and, um, well, there's an article here um, that the Valve Index's sales spiked 
Um, so Valve Index sales more than doubled in the months surrounding the announcement of Half-Life Alex. So we had speculated maybe Half-Life Alex might be, you know, a big flagship to sell, um, to sell the index and, you know, really help, um, you know, make it more popular. So it sold 103,000 units in uh, Q4, which was more than double its sales in Q3. That's a lot, though. That's for a, a lot. VR yeah. headset, yeah. especially for like fifteen hundred dollar yeah. VR headset. Know how the Valve really. Index is insanely expensive because it is top of the line. It is one, I think it's the best um, consumer grade VR headset awesome. out there. So Valve is making a lot of money, and I'm willing to bet a lot of it is because Half Life Alex is coming with a lot of those games. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of Half-Life fans. Half-Life and Half-Life 2 were huge games in the PC uh, space and are super important to, you know, not necessarily the lore, but the history of PC gaming. So Half-Life Alex coming out and it being on VR, a lot of these older um, PC gamers who played Half-Life and Half-Life 2 when they came out, you know, who were gamers in the 90s and in the early 2000s, they're like, well, I got to go to VR now. You know, this is a push. This is yeah. going to push people and people like me, which I played um, Half-Life 2 in, you know, high school because, you know, everybody talked about it. Everyone knew Half-Life 2 and I'm like, well, I haven't played it, so I got to play it. Half-Life 2 came out when I was a little too young for PC games um, because we're Generation Z <laughs> or Zoomers. Um, so, you know, I didn't get to play it when it first came out, but I did. You know, I've played it. It's a wonderful game you know, a classic and it sort of laid the foundations for a lot of what modern FPS games became, especially modern story driven FPS games. Um, then they sort of moved on to being open world following a few other games. But I think, um, you know, because of how big half-life is half-life, Alex being on valve index is probably the reason why the valve index has had such great sales in Q4. I don't know if those sales will continue into um, Q1 of the upcoming year, um, but we'll see. Yeah. I would imagine that they'll probably pick up again once we get a lot closer to the release of Half-Life Alex. Definitely. Definitely. And the last thing I have to talk about, um, I play Overwatch a fair bit, not nearly as much as I used to. Um, Tad, you play Overwatch quite a bit as well. A little too much, yeah. Yeah, a little too much. <laughs> well, there is a massive update for Overwatch that has been announced, and it's adding something called Hero Pools. So, in a lot of competitive games, um, such as League of Legends, such as Dota, there is a pick-ban phase, right? In which um, you can ban certain heroes from being chosen, right? And, you know, a lot of people think that that would be a really good choice for Overwatch. It hadn't really come up too much, but I, I think, you know, in the back of everybody's mind, yeah, pick ban would probably be pretty decent. Well, Blizzard thought about that, so they're going to do it. Except it's not going to be a pick ban phase. What they're doing is that every week in the competitive only, so don't worry if you just play quick play, you just play casual, you just play mystery heroes, you don't have to worry about too much change. Oh, this is quick play only? This is competitive, sorry, only. competitive this only. This is competitive only. That's yeah. actually that's very interesting good to hear yeah. because I was a little concerned about yeah quick when play. I told you about this. But yeah, so basically, um, every week Blizzard and this is not going to be you know decided by an AI. This is going to be decided by Blizzard employees 
um, they're going to ban certain heroes from competitive play every week. What that's going to do, they hope, is force players to change the meta every week. So that is going to affect Overwatch League. You know, that's going to affect competitive, you know, Overwatch Weird. in general. <laughs> yeah. So so it's like pick ban, but the worst way they could have possible, possibly done it. Yeah. Not in the hands of the people. I, <laughs> I do like um, the fact that they're trying because Overwatch has had a real problem where one meta gets in and then sticks around for forever. We saw that with Dive way back in the day. We saw that with Goats very recently. Um, so we have that problem. But uh, a problem, you know, we even had that for a little bit with Shields. Shields got a massive nerf pretty recently in Overwatch because Shields were just so oppressive. You know, once 222 rolled out, you were basically playing Sigma Orisa or Reinhardt Sigma. That was what you played on tanks, and then you'd build around that because the shields were just too oppressive. So they nerfed those, and now Blizzard's trying to shake up the meta by forcing you to pick new comps essentially every week. So what this means is that it's going to be a lot harder for new players to come in and get good and competitive because of the fact that you can't just say, I want to be a Reinhardt main, or I want to be a Junkrat main, and you want to learn that hero, and you want to craft them to perfection, and you sort of ignore all the other uh, characters. You can't do that anymore, because you might be in competitive, and your main might get banned, and you're not going to know when that's going to happen. And if you really want to get good, and you really want to grind, you can't just not play for a week, you know? You have to make sure that you're able to play every week if you want to really get good, you want to really hit that grind. So now you're forced to learn more heroes. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Personally, I think a big problem with it is that it is going to make the game a lot harder to get into. However, I think that it is also going to encourage um, you know, better game knowledge overall. You know, You can't just have that one-trick Hanzo main who's been playing Hanzo since the game came out and will one-shot you with a headshot from across the map because Hanzo might get banned. Well, he might have to play McCree, and we'll see how that goes, you know? <laughs> You're, but in the same way, you know, some characters are obviously, you know, going to see benefits from this. You know, out-of-meta characters, um, Torbjorn, Tracer... Um, what about like the league though itself? Will there be like a? I'll talk about that in a second. Okay. But these out of meta characters, I think, are going to end up seeing a lot more use because you're going to see occasionally Blizzard's going to be like, "What if we tried to make a meta around Torbjorn, and see how that goes?" You know, and so they'll pick and ban which characters you can use based around that. And so finally, you know, those Torbjorn mains or those Bastion mains will be like, "Finally, my calling." I'll be um, useful. Liam, if you're listening, this is for you. So, finally, you Bastion and uh, Torbjorn maids can finally be competitive. But yeah, going to the League. I think that this isn't going to have as big of an effect on Overwatch League as people might think it will. Because of the fact that these players in the Overwatch League are insanely skilled. They are amazing they at what they do. They can play multiple characters. Yeah, they're masters of the game. Right. You know, if it comes down to the only two tanks not banned are Winston and, I don't know, D.Va, 
right? They'll just be like, all right, we're playing dive. And they'll just do that, you know? They can handle it, you yeah, know? That's, that's not an issue. So, It'll also be more exciting, too. You'll I, I see think, a different team comp. I, I think it will as well. It'll also be a little team. frustrating, though, to see what's that one Reinhardt main that literally, like, calls everything for the entire team. Oh, uh, yeah, what team is that? I can't remember his name. I can't but remember anyway, either. now all of a sudden he can't play Reinhardt, yeah. and your team that has a very good workflow, that's like, that's like changing the amount of people you can have on an offensive line in a football game. Yeah. Like, I don't think that, I don't think it's a good way of doing it. I think it's interesting, sure, maybe for another, like maybe we have another mode, like a, a rotating mode like that. But I don't think that that's good for competitive play. I think a pick ban phase is definitely better. I agree. So, you know, this is coming in the 1.45 patch, right? And that's going to be for Season 21. So all of Season 21 is going to have this. That has been confirmed by Blizzard. Is it going to change every week or by season? It's going to change. The the heroes picked are going to change every week. Okay. Right. I still don't like it, but okay. Yeah. So, what we're going to see is that Blizzard might... They they haven't said that they're going to keep doing this for every season. So, if season 21 goes by and, you know, the community hates it, they might not do it again. You know, they might be like, all right, that was a bad idea. So, let's just not, you know? I personally would like to see that. I'd like to see a, a proper pick van phase. So I can finally just, you know, always ban Junkrat or Reaper, you know. Um, but I don't know if we'll see that. I think that if, you know, that is what gets implemented, I think that will be healthier for the game. But they're also doing another thing, right? This isn't the only thing that's been announced. They're also adding something called the Experimental Card, right? So, um... All PC players know about the PTR, right? Yes. Most console players, I don't know if console players have access to the PTR. A playtest something. The the PTR is the public test test realm. Very rare, but very rare, very rare. Yeah. So um, most of the time, everyone is playing in the live server, right? This is the current changes. The patches, you know, are very up to date, and they haven't been, you know, they're not using any of the experimental stuff. PTR is basically when a you know a patch gets announced, it'll get rolled out to the PTR sooner. They'll test it on the PTR, usually for bugs, usually for game breaking stuff, um, and then they'll roll it out to live, right? And so you might see some changes from PTR to live, or announced to PTR to live, right? So this experimental tab is sort of halfway in between PTR and live. Basically, you're in the live game as far as i can tell however it's gonna allow you to chess to test out some balance changes so your nerfs your buffs and all that but you can still progress right Hmm. you know you keep your leveling up and you still get loot boxes that's cool so it's not for bug testing right this here's a quote from blizzard unlike the ptr the experimental card is not for bug testing instead it will be used to experiment with balance updates game modes or changes to rules that we are investigating internally while some of these features will reach live, the content within this game mode is not guaranteed to be released. That's so, excellent. I think that's yeah. great. The Basically, more playtest you have, then the better product you're going to be able to make. Yeah. Basically, what this means is that now Blizzard is going to be able to say, like, what if we just, like, 
added tower defense, you know, or something <laughs> like that to the yeah. game. And, and they throw that mode in the experimental. The PTR. They throw that experimental in there. Uh, they throw it into experimental. Players can go in and see, like, well, Blizzard, this is an Overwatch. This is Bloons Tower Defense 6. And Blizzard will be like, oh, you're right. We shouldn't have put that in there. And they'll take it out. Yeah. Whereas the PTR is still going to be very heavily focused on, here's the patch notes. You know, test them out. Please make sure what we think works, works. Um, and this is big. So, you know, that's sort of the news um, for PC gaming. That's a um, lot of good and bad from Blizzard. Yeah. Yeah. So, experimental card, good. Hero bands or the hero pool, I don't think it's great. I think I'm, I'm pretty neutral on it right now. I think it's going to make watching the game a little more interesting. I think it's going to make playing the game a lot harder. That's yeah, all. I, I, can, I can agree with that. Yeah. Yep. And last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, we have our last big segment before we talk about what games we've been playing this week. And uh, we played a game last Friday. We did. We did. So we played a game called Boss Monster. Boss Monster is one of my favorite um, sort of card games of all time. In the game, you are playing as the boss of a dungeon. And you have to sort of build up your dungeon and, you know, create things around it. Um, you build these rooms, right? There's two types of rooms. There's trap rooms and there's monster rooms. And you build them up. You can add some, you know, leveled stuff up on top of it. Um, advanced rooms and all all of that. And you, you try to attract adventurers to your dungeon so you can kill them and take their souls. Um, but the reason why I love this game is because of the aesthetic, right? It's got this really cool pixel art aesthetic. It's got a, a box that looks, to me... It looks very um, NES yeah. style. It's literally an NES box. It's yeah. great. Yeah. It, it's pretty great. So, you know, I personally recommend it. How did you guys think about it? I loved it. That was uh, excellent. That was legit one of the best, like, one of the fun card games I've played so far because it's not incredibly complicated. It's relatively quick, and you can, like, play multiple rounds. Yeah. Yeah, it, so was... it was good. I see there's expansions right here or something. Oh, like that. there are expansions. There's boss monster, rise of the mini bosses, and the boss monster, the next level. Like excellent. Ooh, like it, they just look cool, and I I enjoyed it a lot. I, I was love the yeah. art. I love the mechanics. It's it's very good. I like the whole reversal of like I'm boss. I like yeah. the yeah. fact that I won. Uh, well, all I won. We I, both won, technically speaking. I, just, I, I won. Technically because speaking, I was first we in the won. rotation. Well, that's not how that works. No, I but just, okay. I, I love the fact that you can just reach over though, like every yeah. any other turn. It's great. It's just such yeah. annoying. Can oh, yeah. reach over yeah. the table and just screw someone over with a yeah. card. Thanks, Blake. How yeah. many times you just destroyed my freaking yeah. dungeon? Oh yeah, it was fun. It was great. Yeah, there's all sorts of there's these really fun spell cards. Um, I got that like you a can seven just spell cards, and that's still yeah. You help. had a ton of spell cards. Um, but you can just use them to just mess with your mess with your friends, mess with everything. Is that Santa Claus? Yeah, he's an epic hero. When Santa Claus appears in town, each player must choose a room or spell card and give it to another player. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that's really funny. Um, that's beautiful. But yeah, Boss Monster is such a fun game. It's not too expensive either. I think it's twenty dollars, maybe. Yeah, it's about. That's oh, pretty good on Amazon right now. The the base is. Twelve forty eight. That's yeah. an excellent that's price. A that's good a good deal. It's on sale right now. I, I highly well, recommend maybe. that yeah. game. I, I definitely recommend the game. If you like card games at all, definitely pick it up. Even if you aren't a huge fan of card games, 
If you're a fan of video games, um, especially if you like fantasy, pick it up. You know, yep. it's the it's a nerdy game, and it's a whole lot of fun. Pretty cheap, pretty cheap. All and three expansions right now. Well, there's more expansions, but three of them together are like fifty bucks. Like that's pretty yeah, that's good. pretty good. Um, Jared's gonna cut out the really awkward <laughs> silence. Yo, there. look at this guy outside here. He's got a fractal design oh case, and Whoa. he's got a bunch of hardware. Oh, yeah, yeah. my man is getting it. He's building his own PC. I'm oh, proud yeah. of him. Hey, go you, man. Go I hope he has a Ryzen. Yeah. Hope it's a Ryzen. He's not looking at us. Wait, wait, he's Ryzen not looking three? at us. Ryzen 5? Ryzen 5? Fractal design. Uh, looks like I can't quite oh, I read can't it. Tell. Um, yeah, they're all in Shift C uh, with a bunch of Amazon, Amazon? packages. Oh, yeah. I hope it's a Ryzen, everybody. Oh, it better be a Ryzen. It better be a Ryzen. This is the Ryzen 3 podcast. Bad investment right now. Come on, come on. Oh. He's not looking at us. He's not looking at Come on. See, um,. So, for those of you who don't know, the podcast studio. Oh, come on, oh my gosh, come on. The podcast studio has glass walls that he allow went us. the other way. Oh, he's going no. away. No. No. Um, the podcast studio has glass walls, and this entire area, this entire part has been so loud. Um, but That's great. It, we have glass walls. So we can glass see Glass walls in like our university yeah. center, so there are just constantly people walking oh, yeah. behind. And I want to right up. next to the mail center. So, yeah. the guy went into the mail center to get his, his PC package. parts, you know, came out with his packages, and we're just applauding him. Um, for picking yes. up his computer. I really, really want to set up a camera there so we have the moving background. I would love. Cool. I would love to do that. We got to do that. Yes, Ladies and gentlemen, set that up once this uh, podcast goes live, we're going to put another poll out on Instagram. Do you want us to do a video podcast? Yeah, just throw it on YouTube. Yeah. yeah Nothing yeah. huge. You know. I think, I think I can connect my camera to the audio. I got bigger SD cards so I can start I can, I can edit it if you don't have okay. time. That'll be good. So, so ladies and gentlemen, if you want that, let us know. And finally, we're going to do our closing segment. Guys, what games have we been playing this week? I have been playing Planet Side 2 for the first time in a very long time. A friend of mine that is still back at home, uh, best friend since uh, third grade, uh, known him for over a decade. We played Planet Side 2 for so many hours and uh, stopped playing it for a long time. And we were on the other day and said, you know what? You want to play some Planet Side 2? And so we did. Nice. And it was, nice. It was really good. That's how you do it. Um, again, I, I play competitive Smash, so the new update came out, new patches rolled out, my main got buffed, so Good to hear. I'm happy, Solid. and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to start learning some new tech, because they really added a whole another dimension, so Good I'm to ready. Hear. I, um, for the first time in a while, I have a new game to talk about. I'm not recycling. Bejeweled 5. <laughs> yeah! Finally! No, it's, um, I've been playing The Secret of Monkey Island Special Edition, so Ooh, I have not seen is, this. Is that Guybrush, right? Is that yeah, Guybrush three point. Yeah, I haven't played it a ton. <laughs> I've been busy, and it's a it's a really uh, in depth, vibrant, fun, um, point and click RPG. Awesome. Well, it's not really an RPG. It's a, it's an adventure game. It came out in I think 1991. Yeah. The original uh, did. Okay. And so um, I've been playing the special edition with the remastered graphics, with the the voiceover. It's so good. The art is beautiful. The voice acting is really great in the special edition. The writing is hilarious. And um, the only thing I have to say about it is, Hi, my name's Guybrush Threepwood, and I want to be a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> Which, in was my it, opinion, is just the funniest intro. Was It, it was made by Lucas. It was Arts, made right? by LucasArts, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was LucasArts' really big game that sort of launched uh, that sort of genre. Really? Wow, yeah. it launched the genre? 
it didn't necessarily launch or the like, genre, but it really because King's Quest launched the genre. But I would say that Secret of Monkey Island revived it and okay. brought it to the mainstream in a little bit. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, that has been the Player Three podcast. Thank you all so much for wa- watching. I almost said walking. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching, and we will see you guys. Well, we won't see you guys, but you might see us next Friday. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.